Begin the Gemara today, the Flamid Vav Amid Beis, five, six lines from the bottom of the Yamid. Going back to what it said in the Mishnah, we're speaking about a person that made a neder, someone shouldn't have a gnaw from him, but there are still things that he's allowed to do for that person. The Mishnah said, Melamdoi Medrish, you could teach him Medrish, Halachis, Agodis, Avaloyelam Mikra, but you should not teach him the Psukim of the Torah, don't teach him Chumash. So the Gemara explains why not. Mikra, my time, um, What's the reason why you shouldn't teach a mikra, the psukim of the Torah? You're on the right page, somewhere over there. Mishom the kamahani le. The reason is because you're giving him ano by teaching him this psukim of the Torah, giving him ano. How are you giving him ano? Because he would have to pay you for teaching him, and now you're teaching him, you're not charging him, so he's giving you're giving him ano. If so, medrash nami kamahani le. If you're teaching him medrash and you're not charging him, so you're also giving, teaching him without charging him, so you're also giving him anom. Amar Shmuel. So Shmuel answers, b'makim shenoitlim schar mikra. We're speaking about a place where people do get paid for teaching the psukim of the chomish. Ve'ein noitlim schar ala medrash. But they don't get paid for teaching medrash, for teaching the, by the medrash, or drashas of psukim, for that they don't get paid. The Gemara asks in this, why? My paske, why are you making this distinction that for Chumash people pay and for Medrash people don't pay? So the Gemara explains, Hakamashbalon, this is what we can see, our Mishnah is teaching us here, even in a place where people uh, do pay someone that teaches Teire, but Allah Mikra Shari Lemishkal. For teaching Chumash, you're allowed to get paid. But Allah Medrash Loi Shari Lemishkal. But for teaching Medrash, you're not allowed to get paid. And so therefore, when you teach Mikra, as someone that you made a nether, and you're not charging him, he's getting a no, teaching it for free. But if you're teaching Medrash, and you're not charging him, you're not giving him any a no by not charging him, because you don't charge for this. So a few points on this. First of all, the Ram points out that what, really what the, you see here in the Lashon of the Gemara, what the Gemara is trying to say is, there were places that they didn't charge not for Medrash and not for Mikra. But over here the Mishnah is saying, we're speaking about a place where they were Machmer and they would, would pay, they would pay for Mikra and they would not pay for Medrash. And therefore you have this distinction regarding a person that you made a nether from him. Now the Hezbollah of the difference, why by Mikra you could charge when you teach, the Gemara is about to explain. Another point that Ran explains over here, so how is it that we pay teachers? of Taita, teachers of children in, in Cheder, how, how is anyone getting paid for teaching Taita? So the Ram brings the famous thing that uh, it says that you're paying for the schar betela. You're not paying for the actual work that they're doing to teach, but you're paying for the fact that in this time they could have had a different job and, and got paid for that, and now by them taking off from their time to teach, they're bottled, they can't do that work, and therefore you have to pay them for not being able to do other work. So you're not paying them directly for teaching. A final point over here in this Gemara is, you may ask, the whole Gemara is discussing about charging for teaching, so therefore how could you teach someone that you made a nether, that he can't have a nod from you? What's with the teaching itself? You're giving him a nod just by teaching the Torah itself. So on that, the Ran says, no, mitzvahs, lav, lahonis, nitna. The Torah that you're teaching him is not considered to be giving him a nod because it's, it's Torah, and Torah is not for the purpose of any hanah. But now here the Gemara explains... What's the difference between Medrash and Mikra? Why all of a sudden regarding Mikra are you allowed to charge and why by Medrash not? Says the Gemara, Maishna Medrash Deloi. So now what's the difference? When it comes to teaching Teire and any other area of Teire, Medrash or anything else in Teire that you're not allowed to charge, so you learn it from the Pasuk as follows. It says, 
Moshe Rabbeinu says, Shem commanded me to teach you Torah. Oksev, but then it says later in the Pasuk, Re'ei, or maybe earlier in the Pasuk it says, Re'ei, Lemadeti eschem chukum u'mishpatim. I've, teach, I've, I've taught you chukum u'mishpatim, Moshe Rabbeinu. Kasher, again, sorry, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying to the Yidin, I have taught you chukum u'mishpatim. Ka'asher tzivani Hashem, like Hashem commanded me. What are those extra words, Kasher Tzivani Hashem, saying? Obviously, Moshe Rabbein is teaching what Hashem taught him. He's not gonna, he doesn't have to add that. So, Kasher Tzivani Hashem means, Ma nibichinam, just like the Abisha teaches Moshe Rabbein free of charge, Afatam nami bichinam. So, too, when you teach Taita, Moshe Rabbein teaches Taita, or anybody teaches Taita, you have to also teach like the Abisha himself, free of charge. So that's regarding Medrash. So if so, Mikra Nami Bechinam, if you teach Psukim of Chumash, you should also teach for free. Answers the Gemara, you're not charging for the teaching of the Torah itself. Rather, Rav Omarav says, when you teach Mikra, what you can charge for is Schar Shimur. You, you you're charging for teaching the children and you're watching them. You're watching them. If you wouldn't be teaching them Torah, where would these children be? They would be running around in the streets. So you're watching them that they should be inside, not run around. That's what, you, that's what you're getting paid for. Rabbi Yechenin Rabbi Yechenin says, You teach Chumash, so there's also the trap or the notes that, that you have of the Psukim, that the Balkaira reads and the teacher teaches with these notes, and that's what he's getting paid for. Not for the teaching of the, the words or the meaning of the Psukim, but the Pisuk Taimim. That's not, uh, that's not part of Torah. That's not uh, these timim. We'll see soon the Gemara will discuss this. It's an argument about this. But here, according to Rabbi Yechon, and the timim is not the, the, the Torah that you're teaching. Going back now to the Mishnah. What did it say in the Mishnah? When you make a neder, so don't teach that person Chumash. Because if you're teaching them free of charge, you're giving him a Hana. Says the Gemara. So the Mishnah will be understood. That the reason you're getting, getting paid is because of teaching the timing of the, of the Pasik. So, therefore, over here, if you teach this person free of charge, so you shouldn't teach him. You're giving him a no. But if the pay that you get when you teach Chumash is because you're watching children, so they shouldn't be running around in the streets. The Gemara's assumption here is that in the Mishnah, we're talking about a person that made a net that someone else shouldn't have a no from him. He's talking about another Godl, an adult. So if he's teaching him Torah, that person is uh, not allowed to pay him. Because regarding a godl, you're not watching him from running around in the streets. That only applies to a teacher of children. So if so, how over here, is there any issue of teaching him because he's not paying you if, if you're not allowed to charge him in the first place? There is no shimure, there is no watching him at all. <coughs> and the Gemara, you're right, according to this opinion, you're going to have to say, Bekotten Ketani. When it says in the Mishnah that you shouldn't teach someone that you made a neder, that he shouldn't have a nod from you, Chumish, it's, it's talking about a cotton. A child that otherwise... The per- made no, no, no. The per- a person made a nether that this cotton should not have a nor from you. So therefore you're not allowed to teach him chumish because if you're teaching him free of charge, he's having a nor from you. That's what the mission is speaking about. A cotton. If the mission is speaking about a cotton, aim is safer. The mission says right afterwards, Even though he's not allowed to have a nor from you, but you're teaching him mikra, but his children, you could teach mikra. What does that mean? The children of a cotton. Cotton bar bonamu. The, the Reisha is speaking about a cotton. You now you're speaking about the children of a cotton. How is that possible? So how could that be the Pshat on the Mishnah? Says the Gemara, according to this opinion, we have to say, Chasur is missing in the words of the Mishnah. This is how you have to read the Mishnah. Lo mikra 
that if the person that is not a lot of a nor from you is a cotton, so because by a cotton there's a charge, so therefore you don't teach him mikra. If he is a godl and he has children, so first of all, you're allowed to teach him himself, because by an adult there's no charge, so there's no anna if, you're not, if he's not, you're not charging him. of mikra, And also for his children you can teach as well. And regarding the children, the Chiddush of here is, even though the father has an obligation to teach his children, and you're fulfilling that obligation for the father, but nevertheless, you're allowed to teach his children. The fact that you're teaching his children free of charge is not a direct hanot to the father itself, which is the one that you made the nether with. So therefore, you're allowed to teach your children. Another case, another Bryce here, the Gemara brings, my Meisve, a question was asked, the Bryce says, Tinoikis, children, a, a, a Rebbe is teaching children Teireh, you shouldn't teach them mikra, don't, don't teach them psukim that you're teaching them now, new psukim that you're teaching them for the first time, don't teach them on Shabbos. You can review with them things that they learned already earlier in the week, and even if you're reviewing with them for the very first time, the first chazara, but you can review with them, but don't learn with them new mikra on Shabbos. So what's, what's the reason for this distinction? Why, why not learn new? According to the pain that says that when you're charging for teaching, reason you're charging is because of the the timing, the, the notes of the the the, 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 the trap of the psukim that you're teaching. That's what you're charging for. So we can understand this distinction of teaching the first time or teaching the second time. So this is the explanation why you shouldn't teach the first time. So the Ran explains the point of here is that the main pay that the Rebbe gets is the first time he teaches. That's the main effort when you have to teach the, 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 the Psukim the first time. The second time is just Chazara. It's just to help the children review. It's not the main payment. The, on Shabbos, there's an Isra Midrabanon, which is called Sechar Shabbos. You're not allowed to get paid for work on Shabbos. Right, so over here, when you're teaching the first time the Mikran Shabbos, so the pay is for what the work that you're doing on Shabbos. But if you already taught it to them before during the week, and you're just reviewing on Shabbos, so your pay is not coming from Shabbos. Your pay is coming from what you already taught before. So that could explain what's the difference between teaching it the first time on Shabbos or just reviewing it on Shabbos. El shimur. But according to the opinion that says that the pay that a teacher gets with when he teaches children is because he's watching them, not to run around in the streets. Yes. What's the difference? Why are we saying over here that you're not allowed to teach them the first time on Shabbos? But, but then we say, but to, to review even the first time that you are allowed on Shabbos. What's the difference? Either way, you teach them the first time, the second time. As far as watching the children, it's the same thing. Mara asks back and says, even according to your reasoning, the way you understand what this Bryce is saying, that the issue over here with teaching children on Shabbos is the issue of schar Shabbos. You're getting paid for work on Shabbos. But according to this, schar pisuk b'Shabbos mi aser, getting paid over here for the work that you're doing on Shabbos, is this forbidden in this kind of scenario? We're talking about a teacher that's teaching children all week and he's teaching, he's reviewing on Shabbos. Is this an issue of paying this teacher for the work that he does? But Havla, he, what his teacher is doing is called Havla, meaning that the salary he gets for the entire week, which includes the days of the week and Shabbos, it's incorporated. Shabbos is incorporated in the rest of the week. You're not paying him specifically on Shabbos. The Ismid Rabbana, to get paid for work on Shabbos, is only if you're paying for work that's done exclusively on Shabbos. Not if it's incorporated with the, the salary incorporates the rest of the week. Havla, when the salary is incorporated with the rest of the week, so that's allowed. And Gemara brings a source for this, the Tanya, we learned in the Braise. 
So this is actually regarding a pot aduma, which you need to, to it was a, you had to prepare the different things for the pot aduma. So it says there is as follows. You're hiring a worker. So you have to first watch the child that from birth he has to be watched in a place which is separated for Toma and he's going to be the one that's going to prepare everything for the Pada Duma. The mission describes how he has to be placed in an area where there's no Toma at all. Someone has to watch this child. So you're hiring him. And then to watch the cow. Or to watch different seeds that are growing, and this is actually not for the Paraduma, but Rashi, or the Mepharash says that this is for the carbon oimer that's going to be used. So if he's doing this and he's watching on Shabbos, if he's only do- doing this work just Shabbos, so then you can't pay him for that. He has to do it for free. There's no schar, you're not allowed to pay just for work on Shabbos. So since he's doing this for free, lefichach im ovdu yusan. If there's anything that got lost, if there's anything that happened wrong over here, so then he's, he's not going to be responsible. Why? Because he's a shaymachinam. By a shaymachinam, geneve or aveide, if he gets stolen or gets lost, it's not your responsibility. He's not getting paid for the work that's just for Shabbos. Shabbos. If he was a worker, not just for Shabbos. The word Shabbos here means for the whole week. He's working for the entire week. He's hired for the whole month. He's hired for the entire year. Hired for seven days. Ah, for the whole Schmidt that is, for seven years that is, yeah, yeah, okay, sorry, hard for seven years. So then, So then you could pay him for the work that he does on Shabbos, because here you see this idea that it's incorporated with the rest of the week, so you can give him a salary, which includes Shabbos as well. And Lefichach, so now since he's getting paid for everything, including for what he does on Shabbos, if it gets lost on Shabbos itself, it will be his responsibility. He's a Shem Socha, and he's Chayev for Aved, something got lost. So basically, now going back to the Braise before, regarding teaching children, what does this mean? You're not allowed to teach children on Shabbos. Because of the Schar Shabbos, why is that an issue? You're incorporating the salary with the rest of the week. Allah says the Gemara, Gabi Shabbos, Hainatayim. That Braise about not teaching children on Mikra on Shabbos, completely different reason. Nothing to do with Schar Shabbos. The reason you shouldn't teach children for the first time is because the fathers of these children make special time on Shabbos for this mitzvah of Shabbos, which means the Oynik Shabbos, that one day a week the parents, the father has time to spend time with his children on Shabbos and if they have to go to the Rebbe to learn the Chumash for the first time, so then the father won't want to disturb them from the, the new Chumash that they're learning that day, and therefore you won't have time to spend time with them on Shabbos. If they're just doing Chazara, if they're just reviewing something that they learned already before, so they already know it, so the father will, will not feel bad to take the child out of the classroom, because he already learned the once before. So if the child, the father is having a Shabbos student now, he'll take the child. Or a little bit of another Pshat Rishayim say, if, if they're learning it for the first time, it's going to take them a longer time to learn, and therefore they'll come home too late to spend time with the father by the Shabbos Suda. If they're just reviewing, they'll make it home in time. So it's all regarding the mitzvah of Einik Shabbos, the father spending time with his children. Or a different Pshat, why you shouldn't teach Chumash for the first time in Shabbos? Bishum de Bishabate, Ochlim, Vishosin, Shabbos, you eat and drink extra, Vyakir Aleyan Alma. And the person's body is much heavier and it's more, more difficult to learn. So you want to teach them the first time, the, the psukim of the Chumash, it's not the right time on Shabbos to teach. Kedama Shmuel, Shmuel says, Shinui Veset, if you change the habit or the routine of a person in his eating, 
Tchilas Chaylimayim. This is the beginning, this is the source of a person having intestinal ailments because of changing his schedule of, or his routine of eating. So therefore Shabbos, a person's body is not exactly in the right condition to be able to learn Taita for the very first time. So Shabbos is a great time for Chazada, for reviewing, but not learning the first time. So that's nothing to do with the discussion over here of Schar Shabbos. Okay, now the Gemara comes back <coughs> to the argument here between Rav and Rabbi Yechenen, why is it that you pay for Mikra? So the opinion that says that the reason you pay is because you're not only teaching the psukim itself, but you're also teaching the notes, the, the, the trap of the psukim. Why did he not agree to the opinion that says that you're paying for the Rebbe to watch the children? And says the Gemara, because Kosovar, he holds, Do girls need any shimmer? Do they have to be watched when you teach them Torah? They don't have to be watched. The boys, if they're not going to be taught Torah, what are they going to do? They're going to run around in the streets. But the girls, if they're not going to learn Torah, what are they going to do? They're going to hang around with mommy in the house. The Ran actually brings over here, it says in the Pasek, Kol Kvuda, or the, the Mefarish brings, Kol Kvuda Bas Melech Pnima. The place of the girls are in, in, inward, to be inside. So you don't have to watch them of running around. So therefore, from our Mishnah, when it says over here that you shouldn't teach or, or Chumash that is, to someone that you made a neder, it, it, it doesn't make a distinction between a man or a woman. So it's, it's mashma that they're both the same. But according to this reasoning, this shimur is only necessary for a man, not for a woman, for, for the girls. They don't, don't, they don't run around. This is the girsa that we have over here in our Gemara. But the, the Ran has a different girsa. He brings in a second girsa uh, based on what we learned before in the Gemara. Gemara before explained that according to this opinion that it's about watching them not to run around, this only applies to children doesn't apply to adults. And that's not the simple pshat of the Mishnah. And the simple pshat of the Mishnah was talking about adults. And the Gemara before had to say chesudah mechzer, had to change the Mishnah. So that also explains why this Tana, why, why this Hamayri here didn't want to say this pshat. Okay, now the Gemara asks the reverse. According to the opinion that says that the reason why you pay when you teach Chumash is to watch the children. Why did he want, not want to say the reason is that you pay not for the, the words of the Chumash itself, but for the timing that you teach. And so because he holds teaching the, the trap, the, the, the song, the notes when you read from the Chumash actually is part of Teireh. It is Medeiraise. So you can't say that for that you do pay because it's not Teireh. That's part of Teireh. What's the meaning of the post that says, They read in the Sefer, The Torah of the Ebeshter, It's explained, And the same Seichel, And give them the intellect of Torah, And they'll understand the Mikra. So the Gemara teaches, The first part of the post when it says, They read in the Sefer, That's the words of the post. Mefeirash, when it says that it's going to be explained, Zet Targum, that refers to the Targum of the Torah. Vesayim Seichel, Elu Apsukim, that refers to the, the Psukim, where every Pasuk begins, where every Pasuk ends. That's also a Halach Lamashim Yisina, and that's part of Torah, to know exactly the, the beginning and the end of Psukim. V'yavinu Bamikra, what does V'yavinu Bamikra mean? Zet Pesuk Taimim. This is the, the songs of the Psukim, which are called Pesuk Taimim, because based on the song of the Pasuk, you know exactly the punctuation of how to read the Pasuk. And Va'amri law, others actually say a different shot of what V'yavinu Mikra means, Elo HaMesaitis. This refers to the various different Mesaitis of how you pronounce the words of the Psukim. 
Right? When you the psukim and the taira don't have any nekudas uh, in it, but there's a masaida. Exactly how you read the psukim. So you see a very according to one pshat that v'yavinu b'mikra refers to the pisuk taima. So the taima are also menatayra. So on connection to this, the Gemara brings Amr Rav Yitzchak Mikra Seifrim. What is what is Mikra Seifrim referred to? The, again, there, there's a few different things. There's Mikra Seifrim, uh, the reading of the Seifrim, the Psukim of the Torah. Then there's Itur Seifrim. There's uh, Itur, like uh, the crowns of the Seifrim, the crowns of when you teach the Torah. The Gemara will explain in a moment what that is. And then there's Vikarion, Veloik Sivan. There are Psukim and Torah that we read certain words, even though they're not written there. This is what's called usually the Kri, the way we read it, but it's not written that way. And then Eksivan Veloikarian. There are certain Psukim and Teireh that are written certain ways, but we don't pronounce, we don't read it that way. And these are all Allah Chalam Sinai. This is all was given down from Moshe Rabbeinu from Sinai. So what are Mikra Seifrim? What does it mean, the Mikra Seifrim? This refers to the various different ways how the same words can be pronounced. And the Gemara gives an example, Eretz, Shamayim, and Mitzrayim. These words, Eretz, Shamayim, and Mitzrayim, so it could be read Eretz, or it could be read Oretz, or Shamayim, or Shamayim, or Mitzrayim, or Mitzrayim. The, the difference usually is, when it's in the middle of a Pasik, it's read Eretz. When it's at the end of a Pasik, or maybe even by an Asnachta, it's read Oretz, or Shamayim, or Mitzrayim. So the, this is all, Allah Chalamayim Sinai, how it's read. What's Itter Seifrim? Itter Seifrim are certain words in the Torah that are being, being added for beauty. They, 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 they don't have to be there mitzad pshat, but it was added in the Torah because of beauty. And the Gemara brings examples. Achar tavayru, achar teilech, achar teosef, kid musarim, achar neignim. Now, if you look at all these psukim at the full context of the Pasuk, you'll see that the words achar are, are extra. And it's being just written for extra clarity or extra beauty, or the Gemara calls it the crown of Torah. Tzitkoscha, uh, another example of something that's extra in the Torah, Tzitkoscha, Kaharare Kale, the word, the Chaf, over here it's only a letter, the Chaf of Kaharare Kale is extra. So these are different things that the Torah adds for the crowns of Torah. Karigim Veloik Sivim, what's examples of words in Torah that are read, even though they're not even written there? Uh, you have a lot of times in the Torah, Kri and Iksiv, different ways our words are pronounced. But here the Gemara brings examples of full words that are not there, Written, but we read them. Pras de belechtoi. They're read. These are words. These are all words from, from Nach. One of them maybe is from Chumash, but I think according to most opinions, all these psukim are from Nach, but you don't find this in Taita, that there's a word that's not written, but, you, but it's read. Okay, so all these, pras, the word pras in the Pasuk of belechtoi. So it doesn't actually, the word pras is not written there, but you read it. Ish, the kasha yishal ish, bidvara alikim. So that word ish in the middle of that pasik is not written, but you read it. Baim, the word baim, the nivnasa, of the, of the pasik where it says nivnasa. La, the lepleta. Es, the hagid hugad. Eli, the hagayrin. Eli, the hasairin, the hasairin. So these are all words that are read, but are not written there. And then you have the reverse also. Again, the Gemara concludes. Halein, karyan, veleksivin. These are all the ones that are read and not written. And then you have other, other words in the Torah that are written there, but we don't read them. No, the Yislach, Zeis, the Hamitzvah, Yidroich, the Hadeirach, that's how it's pronounced, and Chomesh, the Pasnegev, and Im, the Chigoyel. So Halein, all of these are Kasvan, Velaikarian. They're written there, but we don't read them. Okay, you have very often in the Torah the Kri and the Ksiv, but the Gemara here is bringing the examples of full words of the Torah that are either written and not read, or read and not written. 
Yeah, these are the various aspects in, in, in Taita. Okay, we'll see a lot more over here. Many other Pesukim the Gemara is going to explain.